If you're just tuning in, welcome. This is Mango Masala, the South Asian show. My name's Gerns. I'm joined by Halima, finally. Where have you been? That's, um, that was a celebration for Mango Masala, yeah. not for being back on this island. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like, I was checking your socials to see whether you'd actually like landed. You know what I mean? I was expecting I like yesterday. a post of like the rain and stuff moaning, but I didn't see it. I, did, I couldn't even bear myself to do that. I just didn't want to make it a reality. You know, at one point I did I did think I was going to have to call the paramedics to come peel me off the floor at Heathrow. Um, it was very traumatic. Very tra- But actually, I'm, I'm going away again in three days, so yeah. it's all right. All right for some. When uh, I come and- back, then, then when I next come back, that's when is is going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem. Fair. Well, enough about you. On to our special guest of today, Mr. Martin, aka, and I can now say Mr. Sludge Mag. How are you doing? <laughs> I feel really like liberated being able to say that, you know, because the past couple of times you've been on, we've kind of just been talking as if you're like an editor of Sludge Mag, just like a sort of like guest writer. But this is the first time we're actually acknowledging how much sludge mag is all of your work like this massive mm-hmm. thing like mm-hmm. and also just to say like congrats 25k followers come on well. come on i appreciate it i should just say um although i am the founder and editor-in-chief i wouldn't say it's all of my work as such so as an editor you do commission pieces from other people i've worked with loads of other photographers stylists makeup artists so although i'm kind of um you know providing the infrastructure it's it's the culmination of like a lot of talented people's hard work. Obviously, like you say, it's made up of multiple people's work, but then ultimately you are the mastermind behind all, all of this. And I will testify to this. So mm. for those of you who don't know, Martin and I are very good friends. And I have known for a while, I actually guessed, like Martin didn't tell me, I actually guessed, I figured it out like ages ago. Um, but I will say like, he is very humble and it's true that obviously it is very much a community effort and there's a lot of people involved and everyone, um, anytime anyone has been involved, they've always done a brilliant job. But I see firsthand like the blood, sweat and tears that Martin has really put onto this and um, everything from his own financial commitments to the the, ta- the hours and hours and hours every single day that he literally slaves away making this. And I've seen times as well where he's felt um, dejected or he's faced hurdles. And the reason he's always kept pushing on was because of how important it is for people, right? And and the social good that it's doing. And it is very, very, very much, Sludge Mag, I would say, is very much a social cause. You know, as, 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 as a friend of the mag, as a friend of Martin, as someone who's always looking and seeing what he's doing and why he's doing it, I would say with full confidence that it's a social cause. So as humble as you are, babe, big up yourself, you know. Kicking things off then, let's go back to the beginning. Is it like five years ago now? Like yeah. how did Sludge Mag actually come about? Like why, why does it exist? Yeah, so it's 2017 when I graduated from my undergrad in visual communications, which was just a pretentious way of doing photography. And um, around that time, there was also a general reaction. So I think it was Theresa May and Jeremy Corbyn at the time. So um, coming back from uni and going back into my sort of friendship circle in Derby and just having conversations about people were voting for or if they were even registered to vote I felt as though the average person's knowledge of politics and how it affects their life wasn't really where it should be 
And I also feel as though there's a bit of a chasm between people who are most affected by politics and people who are the gatekeepers of media pertaining to politics and politics itself. Um, you know, in a lot of sort of media circles that I've experienced through interning or working in the media, there's predominantly people from backgrounds like mine, so relatively, you know, kind of secure middle-class backgrounds who aren't the most susceptible to government malpractice, unfortunately. So I felt as though it was important to do something to kind of, you know, democratise political discourse so that the people most affected would, you know, find the decisions accessible that were going to shape their youth experiences. So it was very much, it was very much um, steeped in your own lived experiences and I definitely agree and I can definitely resonate with how much, as you were saying, there's a chasm between um, the, the media gatekeeping of of, of news a lot of young people particularly um will be like oh i'm not interested in politics because they think that it's all just old white men in suits um people a lot of people don't tend to realize how much actually um what's going on in westminster will impact their day-to-day -day. um so definitely that does resonate a lot with um with what you've said um what would you say i've got a question what would you say have been like the biggest challenges in doing sludge mag um I, I don't and I, I well I guess this was this is kind of going to be like a two-tiered answer um one respect is like the running of the magazine but also I mean in terms of delivering news to people you know how you just said the reason why you've done it is because so many people are actually genuinely and sometimes innocently uneducated um what have you found to be like hurdles in, in then trying to rectify that in terms of the magazine or the mechanics of the magazine if you like I think just learning how to do things. My um, my undergraduate degree was in photography. And um, when I started the platform, I hadn't done my master's yet, which was in media and communications. So in terms of how to best utilize social media platforms, in terms of how to use Photoshop and Illustrator and create content that resonated with people, um, just you know, actually running a magazine from not knowing how to at all was was a hurdle, I suppose, but it was also quite an enjoyable process. There's a lot of satisfaction in finding what works, achieving success with new methods and that kind of thing. Um, I suppose another hurdle as a person is the kind of mental toll it takes. Obviously, news, unfortunately, mostly pertains to tragedy and bad things happening to people. So being able to compartmentalise your day-to-day -day life and remain, you know, someone who has something of a positive outlook whilst sort of trifling through the worst news life has to offer for hours like every day um, is sort of difficult, but you get better with it as you get older and with experience and stuff. How have you found that people have responded to the kind of, because um, obviously Sludge Mag is very much um, an independent news source, which we will touch on the significance of that in a bit but um it is also i would say very it takes a political stance it very much does take a political stance and um, it doesn't shy away from being political i think sometimes when people hear independent they think it means polit politically neutral um which i mean it's not the case um with sludge mag and rightly so but how have you um how have you found it having to deliver uh news that in a way that sits on one end of the political spectrum to people. In terms of how people respond, as you said, the platform does have um, a political subjectivity, if you like. So naturally some people agree, some people disagree. In terms of how I've dealt with it, I'm relatively indifferent. Um, 
I don't see the positive comments or you know positive response to it as praise for me as a person. It's more ideas that people responded positively to. A lot of which are my you know original research or things like that. Most of my kind of political subjectivity comes from media and a lot of hard work from other people, researchers, authors, that kind of thing. And then in terms of detractors, again, relatively indifferent. Everyone has the right to an opinion. I suppose from my perspective, if you're going to be putting opinions online, you can't be upset that people want to put a country opinion in response to that. So yeah, that's fine. So I know you're a better man than me. I stay logged out of the Mangle Masala account because I feel like anytime anyone says anything, I'm just responding, what's your address? Big man, what's your address? What do you mean we should starve children? What's your address? So uh, a lot of respect for the grace and patience that you have in doing that. Um, so going back to what we were talking about before regarding independent media, um, what is it? I've got I've got like a two part question. First of all, why would you say that independent media is so significant in this day and age, right here, right now, in this specific climate, in this specific context, country, everything? Um, and secondly, um, why do you think that Sludge Mag uh, departs a little bit from how I said before, you know, when something is independent media, it tends to be politically neutral. Thanks to the first question in terms of why it's important. I think people will understand better if they think about independent media within the prism of public ownership. That's a better way to look at it to make this point. So at the moment, we've seen with water companies dumping sewage into the ocean or astronomical profits for energy companies. Um, these, this is how organisations run um, under capitalist principles. So under capitalist principles, capital is the main purpose of how, uh, how an organisation is run. Um, okay. Companies are exactly the same. So if you watch uh, a TV show or a news show or a current affairs show, I think the general public thinks that the point of these shows is to inform them. Um, okay. it, it's not. So any company that exists in the UK, because we have a, a capitalist economy, is run by capitalist principles, i.e. to make money. So if you think about how a media company makes money uh, through YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is, virality is how you make money. You need people clicking on things and responding to things. Whether yeah. you're actively engaged or learning anything or getting anything useful is kind of secondary. What you need is to for people to have a really emotive response to something. So if you think when Piers Morgan used to be on Good Morning Britain and you'd have, I don't know, one person who's very pro Winston Churchill and one person who's super anti-Winston Churchill or a trans rights activist and uh, a turf, for example, or a racial equality campaigner versus a racist. There's no reason the conversation between these two people would actually inform you um, of anything, the point is to get a soundbite, to get an explosive argument, to get something that gets everyone talking so that it trends on the timeline. Then, said companies can demonstrate to potential advertisers their level of engagement um, to charge higher tariffs for ad revenue. A topic of outrage, right? Exactly, yeah. You can just commodify outrage. That's why yeah. um, shows that have people shouting all the time tend to do the best and have the most money, etc., etc. So, so you might offer something different in the sense that because we're not a corporation or don't take money from lobbyists or political parties or anything like that, our only kind of uh, duty is to actually inform people. 
I've got people assume that's what media is, which I can see why people feel that way, but it isn't. So the mm. fact that the platform actually does serve that purpose as well, eventually it Obviously, you just explained to us now that the main purpose of Mag is to deliver the news, but it's yeah. not just that you deliver news, you deliver news in line with, as you said before, a certain political subjectivity. Um, yeah. Why do you think that that's important to do? Why do you, why have you made Sludge Mag in that, by, why have you designed it that way? I think all media delivers things from uh, a political subjectivity. I think the fact that... Even though they pretend not to, right? Yeah, I think the fact that Sludge Mag is transparent about that is mm-hmm. maybe what differentiates it slightly. I can't imagine why someone would start a media company if they didn't have some sort of political subjectivity and yes, as I often mentioned, it was just for money by saying outrage to sell or get ad revenue. Obviously, at its core, Sludge Mag, in the name, it's a magazine. It's an online magazine, essentially. Um, but I would have to say, I think you'd agree that Instagram has played a key part in the, um, the what's it called, spreading and decimation of this information, of this um, political message of the news, etc., um, and I would say that's how the main tool through which it's enjoyed success. Um, so, how has that been for you? Because obviously, Instagram in itself isn't perfect. It's, I think I would argue that it's a flawed platform. Um, mm-hmm. But how has it been for you to obviously that's I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'd say the main tool through which you reach people, but then obviously you're aware that like it's not all roses. I'd say Instagram was to begin with, and it's still our hero platform, but in terms of um, engagement, our website has a lot of readers as well. Uh, in terms of how I deal with it personally, I don't really pay much mind to it, because as you say, it's just a platform. Um, before winning Switchmark, my primary creative output was just being a fashion photographer and uh, as photographers we've always known that whether it be Tumblr which was the primary platform for photographs for a while or Instagram now or perhaps TikTok in a few years when people work out how to make still images really work on TikTok the platforms that you put your content out on aren't you know well, they're not important, but they're not the objective, or they're, they're just a tool for disseminating information. I think it's healthy to think about the platforms in of themselves that much. That's very interesting, actually, that you say that, like, because um, obviously us as, 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 as a platform, and we do share news from time to time, and um, other, other similar platforms, a lot of what they will say is kind of how much they are forced to think about um, media platforms and how to play the media platforms um and so it's interesting to hear you say that you actually didn't pay too much mind to it but i guess also i it is testimony to to the uh, sludge mags's output and how organic that growth has been you know the fact that you haven't had to manufacture or orchestrate too much of um the success and the engagement and stuff like that yeah and of course by no means would i pretend that instagram hasn't been massively beneficial for the platform of course it has but I think the success of, of the magazine comes from people actually learning from more nuanced political discourse more than technological affordances of Instagram. You know, every social media platform becomes obsolete at some point, whether it's Pixo or Bebo. <laughs> High five. Uh, I mean, Facebook's not obsolete, but in terms of how much we use it now compared to when we were teenagers, the same will happen on Instagram. So I think 
you just need to make sure whatever you're creating has substance independent of being uh independent of being successful on one platform i would say like just while we're talking about like the secret winning formula i personally i i would say like the reason why I think Sludge Mag is so has been so successful and the the thing about Sludge Mag that I personally appreciate so much is um the way the news is conveyed um as we were talking before like every every news outlet has a political orientation and subjectivity it's just that they pretend not to and oftentimes they're very disingenuous with the way that they might convey a news story whereas sludge mag is very transparent is very much like this is where we stand on the spectrum this is what our values are and then you don't shy away from presenting the news in a way that exposes that truth that political truth right um i really enjoy the equivalences that you draw with um uh like the the current political like context of the world um so i would say that that's what's so refreshing that's what's so different about sludge mag it's something that might to in other news outlets be presented as a self-contained news story but on sludge mag you will sludge mag will tell you what the historical and political contingencies are of whatever news story they're conveying to you and that's what really makes people learn is to be able to connect the drop dots like that, you know? And I think as well, doing it in a way which is easily accessible and understandable, it's always... Mean format. Mean yeah. format. That, that's the, the winning formula. <laughs> but even when it's not in a meme, it's um, condensed, but not... Um, it's not conformed in any way in, in the sense of or cur curtailed in any way in terms of having to cut out really important contextual points etc it's always all there but in a way that's so much easier to understand and so much more enjoyable to understand as opposed to having to switch on the news i would say now i'm going to come across that way and i think that's um to give Instagram some credit, I feel like I need to backtrack a bit because I'm making it sound like I don't like the platform at all. Um, but I suppose the nature of a platform where you know people scrolling by quickly is that you innately tailor things to be accessible. And as I said, accessibility is at the core of what the initial point of the magazine was. If everyone had the patience and capacity to read the Financial Times every day, the world wouldn't be the way it is, but ultimately when people work in jobs that require them to be there for hours and hours, might have childcare responsibilities, you know, just other things to do. Um, right. Free time is a commodity that unfortunately working class people have less of. So, you know, there'd be no point making content, you know, to liberate those people if it wasn't suited to their lifestyles. I, I so agree with that. I so agree with that. Like sometimes news platforms are so like conceited in in the, in their like their their conveying of of news um, and the way they they tell the news and even sometimes the language that they're using. You know, and it really does alienate people who need to be knowing actually what's going on. What is this news story about? Um. So I personally, I really do appreciate that sludge much of that. The purpose i think of the next couple of minutes i think we're going to be discussing how people can actually get involved in sludge mag sorry to interrupt you carla but before that i actually do have another question for mr right. so 
Halim is going to ask a question, and then we're going to get into how people can actually get involved in Sludge Bag. Sorry, guys, but I do think this is quite interesting. You know, Martin, we were talking just now about um, like the importance of independent media. Um, do you think, given kind of the current political, political climate in the UK and certain censorship laws that are being rumoured to be ratified sometime in the future, you know, like how they've been saying we're not going to be able to criticise the government, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Um, given the direction that the UK is likely going in or might be going in or whatever, where do you see Sludge Mag and, in general, independent media fitting into that story? I think that's where support for independent media becomes super important because mm -hmm. the kind of movement has enough support behind it, then attempts to quash it will be critiqued more. You know, if... If there's a, a news source where people get their news frequently and are really engaged with and really passionate about, then any government attempts to suppress that platform would generate a lot of uproar and dissidence. In terms of where we'll go, what exactly will happen, I don't know. It yeah. doesn't fill me with massive optimism, but you know, neither does anything about politics as such. You just almost have to ignore it kind of thing cross that bridge when you come to it thinking about the lay person out there um who maybe has gone their whole life kind of following what they've been told listening to the news etc and now that might be listening to this and thinking okay maybe in the future seeing the way that things are going i do want to engage with independent media however i'm concerned about the um validity and fake news etc given that non sorry given that independent media obviously a lot of the time is coming from a i would say non-verified source but obviously it's not from an official body per se um so what would you say to them if people are feeling kind of a bit cautious about engaging with this and like they're maybe a bit like how do i know whether this is true or not sort of thing first and foremost i'd salute them because that concern demonstrates that they're using critical thinking which is fantastic in terms of search map although we're not uh let's say ratified by a government body with most well most if not all of our posts you can see where the statistic comes from so post something about homelessness or poverty or rising numbers of homelessness or poverty, there's always um, a local reference to the survey um, body which we would have got that information from. Whether you interacting with Switchback or another platform, I'd say when people make claims, particularly statistics, um, just be sure to check where the source is. The other thing I'd say is that Whilst I understand people's um, yearning for validity, most bodies that sort of ratify information are unified by one thing, which is having proved to actually lie. As that, it's never been proven that Switzerland have intensely published something which is completely untrue. In Britain, think how many newspapers would have reported that Iraq had weapons of mass destruction, for example. Trust me, dog. That's what I was going to say when, when Carlos was just saying now about like certified bodies. I was going to be like, if that even means anything, you know. If we go through the certified bodies, if you look at platforms like uh, Twitter or Facebook, for example, admittedly he's banned now, but you know, the verified president of the United States took to these social media platforms to claim an action fraud. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. If you think about domestic terrorism in this country, a lot of it comes from um, reputable newspapers stirring up anti-migrant feeling and, you know, referring to them as slaves or swarms or cockroaches and things yeah. like that. So I'd say, yeah, to answer the question in two parts, one in terms of statistics that were uh, um, substantiated from, and in terms of uh, the validity of um, of bodies, I, I just would wonder where the trust in establishment media emanates from. Everyone just act through your own discretion, essentially. Yeah. Do you check everything yourself, do your own research? Just to close, I think a good rule for media and life in general is that if someone says something that seems contentious, think what they have to gain from lying, for example. So if you get an issue like um, climate change, some people, you know, who are reasonable, believe in climate change. A lot of the people who dispel the the gravity of climate change typically are you know, conservative people have a lot of money to be made free, to navigate to the markets, deforestation, um, tax breaks for all companies, that sort of thing. So I think just as a general rule for life, if we're not sure if someone's telling the truth, kind of think what would incentivise them to lie. And yeah. If that's just nothing, then they're probably telling the truth. Is that okay for you, Halima? Can we proceed now? Yeah, so, as Martin was saying, potentially, with how the UK politics is going, um sludge marvel might might need more um overt support more vocal support and if you are wanting to support sludge Mag, look at me segway queen i'm sure martin will tell us now about sludge Mag's new membership scheme yeah so thanks to a company called steady we've introduced a membership program with two tiers of membership at the moment uh, which will allow you to support sludge Mag so that you can fund um all our uh, operations, um, whether that be our creative suites online, traveling to do the shoots and interviews we do, and general upkeep of the site and platform, uh, becoming a member will allow us to keep doing that. If you don't mind clarifying, membership is obviously a way of supporting Sludge Mag. Is there a way to do that and then also be involved in more than that in terms of like writing pieces for it or? Um, submitting photograph collections that sort of thing absolutely so if you go to our website to the contact section there are submission guidelines for fashion editorials fashion editorials photo series and written submissions um as i was saying before really getting people who wouldn't ordinarily be involved in establishment media involved in in media is one of the central points of search so we've been very proud to showcase the fantastic work of people from a really diverse set of backgrounds and we do have to do that more so if anyone would like to get involved those are the best means to do so i've got a question actually and this might be a little bit controversial but um what if you got a submission from a tory that is like championing tory politics for context if you hadn't figured out already sludge mag definitely does lean if not falls onto the left yeah, I'm very, very, very left. I can't imagine that it would be a great fit editorial, but it depends on what the argument is. I mean, if it was something I advocated for sending people to Rwanda, no, obviously not. <laughs> you know, there, there might be an argument someone makes for fiscal conservatism, which I haven't heard before, that might be good. So mm-hmm. whilst I'd say being completely transparent, it's unlikely to be a fit editorial, 
if it's a well-developed yeah. piece, we're always happy to hear from anyone. And that's interesting, right? Like, as, um, I, you know, you are obviously kind of like the editor-in-chief, so you have kind of like executive decision as to what goes out, what Sludge Mag's output is. Um, mm. And as an independent media, I guess what might be really, like, interesting and difficult part of your job is deciding what sludge mag will put out and what it won't i.e what is acceptable to put out i.e and this is a discussion that we always have on this show what is like free speech and what's like hate speech right going back to what we were saying at the start about how um independent media isn't it's not a requirement that it be neutral right or non-biased it's just because yeah just because someone submits something um it doesn't mean that it has to go out because ultimately um, sludge mag in itself um i believe is being completely transparent in where its um thought process lies etc and yeah, it's if it, hostile, right yeah so i think with that in mind like it's not like someone could come along and claim like well you can't claim to be an independent media because you're not posting my um beliefs it's just like that's not the way it works is it mm. it's almost the opposite of what independent means mm. I would say, funny enough, there have been things that I actually agree with Mommy that I haven't um, commissioned just because I think it might be inflammatory or not actually conducive to progressive discourse. So it's not always simply a case of, I agree, therefore this is a good article. Mm. Most of the commissions we get are things that I agree with or things that I think have merit because typically someone wouldn't pitch something to a magazine with no understanding of the editorial subjectivities of said magazine. I think the discretion more comes from whether or not it will be of interest to enough people to be valuable and worth the writer's time to do, um, whether it will be conducive to a progressive discussion and whether it will actually add anything to the political outcast of our country. And I think if more platforms were a bit more discerning in that sense, a lot less nonsense. So that's your number one, like, priority and, and, and concern is always what's going to serve the people, right? Yeah. We actually did put out on our socials um, some stories where we were asking questions, what people wanted to know about Sludge Mag, independent media, the importance of it, etc. And we've already covered some in brief, but I think one point that did come up quite a few times was regarding the idea of political ideology. Um, which I think we've we have sort of covered in the sense that obviously Sludge Mag in itself is definitely left-wing platform and about how it shares um content that not necessarily supports its narrative but that is useful for the people in general i did see one response which was talking a bit about um which i think is particularly um interesting in relation to sludge mag as well which is how long do we sit on sort of on our phones sort of kind of double tapping and sharing and whatnot and not actually doing anything and like so what what how do you feel about that because obviously i think sludge mag is so good in that it provides so much information and knowledge and news to people that might not necessarily um take it in from other means however i do get what this person or people are saying in the sense of i think there is a lot of what we like to um, discuss a lot social activism that goes on and i feel like a lot of people might come across sludge mag and maybe think oh yeah this makes sense share a post and then feel like oh that's me done for today 
you know what I mean? So, like, do you feel like that's maybe a negative element to it, or do you think that's to do with the actual people that are engaging with the content? No, I don't think it's negative. I think it's about understanding what media is. So, of course, if the extent of someone's um, involvement with their community was sharing Instagram posts about it, then that would be completely pointless. Um, I think the society is made up of many things. So you have the media, you have workers, you have workers' unions, you have council. There's so many things that make up um, a society or community, if you like. I just think the media element of it could be better. So, you know, democratizing media and creating media galvanizes people to now support striking workers, for example, or um, support people in taking industrial action of different sorts. That's kind of the point of it. So I completely agree with the sentiment of the question. I'm not affronted by that. I think, um, yeah, the point of media is to inform people and galvanize them to do. The media in of itself isn't uh, the sole point. That's actually such a benefit of social media in today's day and age. I think a a couple of decades ago, it might have been impossible to have the same sense of mobilization that you can have now in terms of the reach that you can get and sharing one particular message and having lots of people digest it all at once. I think Marcus Rashford's probably our generation's best example of mobilising and social influence to turn it into action. If you just tweeting how bad food poverty is, yes, that would have been pointless. But through, you know, sharing information about fair share or the importance of donating to food banks and things like this, I should often be happy that the charity is the resort of policy failure, so it's not a good thing. People should be poor in the first place. But for the sake of this point, um, it's using influence to mobilise people into action. The influence in of itself isn't the end, the end destination, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, I think it's really helpful, actually, and really insightful to see something like Sludge Mag as a political tool in your arsenal of social activism. The first step is always to understand what a problem is. Um, and and sludge mag always anytime they're sharing something they will have like a link to resources or, or a way to help or whatever else um, and that's always the next step right exactly yeah i mean if you think about if you go to the doctors the doctor doesn't just say oh that's what's wrong with you mm. you know there's, there's you know a treatment procedure or something yeah, and i think yeah. a lot of people just generally who who um learn from social media or who get most of their political news um, and discussion from social media should it's up to them individually to be very cognizant of that of that the fact that just learning something or reading something is not always um the kind of be all and end all you know i think as well sometimes the benefits of things aren't necessarily tangible unless it leads to actual um change yeah. in the future but just in a, in a social sense if someone reads some information you know, about part of the LGBTQIA plus community and then has a more present interaction with someone from that background as yeah. having read something it's not that I'll know or people won't necessarily be able to point to that as the point of making a post but I, I would hope that it happens it's a shame that I think that mindset of thinking that it ends at sharing a post is quite a prevalent thing I think but I think the only way people are going to learn is by actually um 
understanding that engaging with media isn't the end point of this it it should be a catalyst rather than the actual thing itself of course yeah i think another um question which we had in which i'm particularly interested in as well um, which i think might be an opportunity to get away from um, the doom and gloom of the news as well but we'll see as to what your answer is um but what's your favorite piece that you've put out from the magazine so far yeah good question that's it's nearly impossible we've, at this point we've had like hundreds of pieces from like loads of really talented people um so i think to now we're down i'll say what my favorite piece is that i was directly involved in um so i'm actually wearing it now we made a football top i've got to say that it's that's my favorite sludge my thing favorite women's football and women's inclusion in um, sports more generally. So we got to feature Nadia Whitten and um, Amin Babar and Amy Cripps. So Nadia Whitten's the MP for Nottingham East, Amin Babar's a really talented sports journalist, and Amy Cripps is the women's football editor at Versus. Um, so we shot them wearing these jerseys, um, which I designed with my friend Aisha Brown, who works for Adidas and is a really, really talented designer. So going through that whole process and having something like tangible that we can kind of like give back to our supporters while showcasing people who deserve a spotlight on their amazing careers was really cool. Um, I'd say the second thing, funny enough, which ties in quite nicely to what you were asking before about, um, I suppose, people's fear that Instagram activism or just engaging with media doesn't really do much. So we have something on Switch magazine called the Anti-Racist Leading Yes. Um, yeah. He has actually contributed an article to and loads of other really talented writers have as well. It also features um, an anthology of sorts with books, TV shows, films to aid people in anti-nurses education. So last year I was involved in an um, initiative with Derby City Council uh, called Heads of History. So we got every history teacher in Derby, Derbyshire together to talk about um, history curriculum reform. So as a result of which the history curriculum in Derbyshire has been diversified and I would hope that people going to school now have, if not a perfect, somewhat reformed um, experience of learning about history throughout secondary school. Um, obviously this event was organised by the council so I had a really small part in it. It was actually my good friend Kyle who presented the reading list there. So although our contribution to that was um, proportionally minute, to think that the magazine might have actually gone some way to making sure all the children around from have a better history education feels really good. It's, it's cog in a machine. No one person is solely responsible for any one thing, you know? We love to see it. Right, going to play a bit more music now, and I think Halima is going to leave us, arrive late leaves early that's the way it oh is God. i'm actually like I'm, I'm on a very very tight schedule because i'm going away in three days so i've got a lot to do but i know halima's responsible for the climate crisis guys <laughs> yeah i can't lie i feel slightly guilty my carbon footprint this summer has been a bit mad to have my sister on here talking about climate sorry josephine Sorry, Josephine. But anyways, yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Enjoy the rest of the conversation. Um, I will be back on next week. 
See you later. See you later. We've bored Halima off. She's no longer with us, unfortunately. Or fortunately, whatever way you want to look at it. But to round off the show, I thought we should probably talk about the reasons why it's um, important to actually support independent media. We've talked about the importance of it in terms of itself as an entity. And we've talked about how people can go about like um, supporting Sludge Mag through um, contributing pieces to it or becoming a member um, and supporting it financially. But why do you believe that it is actually so important for um, the public to support independent media? Just referring back to a video you dropped either last week or earlier this week, um, people assume that the media they receive is made for the purpose of informing them, and for the most part, it isn't. Um, it's made to make money, so whether it be producers trying to you know, create viral moments so that they can charge more ad revenue, or whether it's to get the public to support certain things because it makes certain people money, that's how most of our media works. So just a quick example, think about the past six months, I think it is, of the, um, I don't want to say conflict, of, of Russia's war of aggression against Ukraine. Every kind of mainstream media outlet seems to be unified in the idea that failing Ukraine with Western arms is the best thing to do. It's not that I don't think it is, and I, of course Ukraine have a right to defend themselves and they should be aided in doing that, but a lot of people don't know that some really big platforms are also funded by weapons companies. So whether it's the best thing to do or it's not the best thing to do in terms of what will actually help the people of Ukraine or Europe or the world or whoever, it's going to be pitched that way because it will make a lot of money for shareholders who are paying me to say that. Um, so if people turn to me about independent media platforms, if they're funded solely by the public, then the only people we answer to is the public. So anything that's put out would be in the public interest. Of course, we have our political subjectivities and we make no apologies for that and we try to be very transparent about what that is so that if it's not something someone ideologically aligns with, you know, they shouldn't invest in it. But for people who do, they can at least rest assured that anything they, you know, read from us will be created solely with their interest in mind. I think that's a really good way of putting that. And I think, I'm, I hope that that has been understood by people as well, because I think a lot of people out there will think, why should why do i need like there's no need for independent media when i can literally just go on to google and search for um the major news outlet or company etc but i think what you've just said obviously um covers why it's so important that we do have um alternative independent media sources out there and con they're only going to continue to be a thing if they're able to um survive and they're not going to survive without people's support so i think another example that maybe heads closer to home if we just look domestically in britain most people who are journalists or editors or who work in media sphere are middle to upper class so their experiences of things like austerity or covid or the cost of living crisis are going to be vastly different to the average working class person and by different, I mean not as bad. 
So for someone whose experience of austerity is not going on holiday as much, isn't going to write about something with the same severity as someone who's suffered austerity through not eating with a healthy experience. And there's going to be an obvious chasm between reality and how stories are pitched. When you support independent media, which is committed to amplifying voices from diverse backgrounds, whether that be racially or from a social economic perspective, you're more likely to get a true-to-life reflection of events just by virtue of it not being gatekept so that people being affected by social economic events don't have a voice, which is how establishment media has been organised for that very purpose. With that in mind then, where do you see Sludgemag as a platform um, going in its next five years of existence? It's hard to say with the kind of nations and borders bill and myself having heritage from three countries, I might get deported and it will all end. Um, or, I don't know, we'll see. Um, as opposed to I'm not someone who looks that super far into the future, we'll see what Britain and the trust looks like. But what I can say is if it continues to be as fulfilling as it has been thus far and we continue to have an influx of super talented impassioned people working with us i don't see any cap on where it might go so we'll have to wait and see and just remind us again um where's the best place to find sludge mag on twitter we're at sludge online on instagram it's sludge mag our website is sludge.online and our tiktok is sludge mag well, thank you so much for joining us today, Martin. It's been a pleasure as always, and it's been nice to talk openly and frankly with you about this topic, which I know is so important to you. No, thanks for having me. I've massively enjoyed it. And also, whilst you're out there following Sludge Mag, make sure you give us a follow as well at Mango Masala Radio. We go live every Saturday, 2 to 4, on Pi Radio. Um, as well as putting out other visual and audio projects across social platforms. And yeah, we will see you same time next week. Thanks for tuning in.